I'm going to tell you the actual problem with loads of churches in our nation. And spoiler alert, it's not wokeness. Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence, and it's uh, good to have y'all here with me. Uh, We are just going to get into the episode, which is uh, the actual problem with churches. Uh, Wokeness, like I said in the intro, is a a problem that I totally agree is a problem. So I'm not saying that wokeness isn't an issue. It's a, it's a, a huge issue. It is probably the most blatant and obvious issue uh, in a church that's easiest to spot um, that I can think of. But I don't think that's the root of the issue. There are a lot of churches that have serious issues, like think of uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, for example. I don't think that 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 church, that Mars Hill was woke, but they clearly had a lot of issues. So uh, kind of the conclusion that I've come to is that Wokeness, which is an enormous problem, and these other problems that churches have actually come from the same root issue. So let's talk about that. I've been to churches across America. Um, It seems to me that typically people don't jump around to different churches uh, too much in their lives, and I'm certainly not a church hopper. Um, but I've been to, yeah, just because of moving, you know, I've been to a lot of churches and, you know, and whenever you move to a new place, you want to try different churches. So, so that's kind of uh, the majority of how I've been to, to many churches, but, and then visiting family, that stuff too. Uh, so I've, I've been to churches in the Pacific Northwest. I've been to churches in the Midwest. I've been to churches in the South and the East, um, all like literally from end to end of America. And I've also been to churches in other countries too, uh, particularly Asian countries. Um, but focusing on churches in America, uh, I've been to churches of totally different cultures, churches where the dominant skin color is not white. I've been to churches of different political leanings, uh, churches that lean to the left and the right. Didn't stay at the churches that uh, lean to the left very often, or for very long. <laughs> um, I've been to churches that were enormous, with thousands of members, and I've been to churches with less than 100. Uh, and, I, you know, I haven't spent too much time at, at each of these various kinds of churches, but, you know, I've I've seen a lot, and I've seen a lot of problems, and every church has problems, no church is perfect, and, and I'm not saying that You know, a church has to be perfect for you to go to it because then you're never going to be a part of a a Christian community, and that's bad. But the problem that I see is that uh, there are significant issues, especially, I mean, the issues are becoming more obvious, I think, as time goes on in America, as we separate ourselves more and more as a nation and as a culture from God and from religion and from the Bible these problems are becoming more prevalent and more obvious and they bleed into our churches. And I think ultimately the, the churches and their um, irresponsibility, uh, lack of action, 
um, lack of teaching properly over the past many decades uh, or even centuries, perhaps, in our nation and in other nations around the world are leading uh, many nations to drift away from God instead of toward them. And you would expect exactly the opposite if we were having faithful churches. So what's the issue here? Well, one of the biggest issues that we see in America right now is wokeness, like I mentioned. And wokeness, uh, progressive Christianity, um, this isn't the root of the issue, like I said, but but there are a lot of uh, of these serious issues that are obvious to see. Um, and, and to give you more examples of what I mean by wokeness, I mean like progressive Christianity. I mean... Um, getting into Marxist and leftist ideologies like critical race theory, standpoint, epistemology, systemic racism, um, and then just in general, progressive Christianity and all of its unfaithfulness, wanting to progress away from scripture instead of uh, conserve scripture, let's say. But the issues with all of these parts of wokeness and progressive Christianity that I mentioned, they overlap, I think, with the problems that conservative churches can have or churches that call themselves conservative Uh, because a church can be conservative and they can conserve the wrong thing because what we as Christians, I mean, Christians have to be conservative in some ways and we have to be progressive in some ways. Now just hang on conservative audience. I know my audience is conservative and I'm very conservative. (laughs) Just hear me out. We need to progress the world towards God's will. We need, to, we need to be moving the world and progressing ourselves and our family, changing us, our families, our communities, our countries, uh, into the kind of place that God wants it to be. That is the way that we need to be progressive and the way that we need to be conservative is that we need to conserve our Christian values that already exist in the country. The, the last church I worked at as a youth pastor, for example, uh, as as an example of a conservative, let's say I think they were conserving the wrong things, but they were uh, they called themselves conservatives. <laughs> uh, here's an example of a problem at a conservative church. You know, I, I've I've I talk plenty about the problems uh, with with the woke movement, but let's kind of hone in on the kinds of issues that a progressive or a conservative church can have, which would be what hopefully most of my listeners are going to. So the last church I worked at as a youth pastor, for example, had an old layabout pastor who notoriously would show up and do nothing every day. And no one knew exactly what he did with his day, not even the head pastor. Uh, And he evidently had been sitting around and doing absolutely nothing for decades and collecting a paycheck. And he also has lots of family in the church who would happily make life very difficult for anybody who would try to raise concerns about this guy or ask questions or try to force him to resign or fire him. Get it? Uh, The other pastor of the church, the head pastor, he was a spineless, weak, people-pleasing coward who didn't actually like people and not many people actually liked him, uh, who would do whatever he could to avoid conflict, uh, even confronting egregious sin in the church. He would avoid that at all costs. 
to the point of allowing huge problems to exist in the church, like, for example, the employment of the first pastor I mentioned, and justified his incompetency as a shepherd and leader of this church by believing that he has to store up as much relational currency as possible, because uh, if the church thinks the pastor is a nice guy because of all the relational currency he has, then even if that nice guy never preaches a convicting sermon, doesn't actually shepherd a single person and has a gummy worm for a backbone, uh, the church has to thrive because he's nice and everybody's happy, right? Well, no, not really. Anyway, these problems had nothing to do with wokeness. None at all. You know, there's no... You know, there's no preaching systemic racism in the church. There's uh, nothing that you would typically attribute to wokeness, but you would see these and say, wow, these are very, very real, significant, and obvious issues, even though it wasn't obvious to the to all of the elders in the church. And actually, there were no elders. They were called um, trustees or deacons, or uh, it was a little confusing. Nobody really knew. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a red flag right there. <laughs> so what's the root already? Get out with it, Cody. Okay, here's here's the root of the problem. The 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 line that connects wokeness and all of the issues in every single church, uh, all of the actual issues in churches, because we can invent issues that aren't real issues. I think, like um, speaking of the rise and fall of Mars Hill, I think that podcast points out some very real issues. But the podcast was produced by people who I would consider progressive Christians, and so they were also pointing out issues that weren't problems. And calling them problems like, uh, you know, the, they they wouldn't allow women in leadership. I don't think that was one of the issues in the podcast, but, you know, hypothetically like, oh, okay, well, that's what the Bible says. And so if that were the case, then that would be a good thing. <laughs> but I'd rather focus on the actual problems um, because those are damning enough on their own. Here's the problem. Unfaithfulness to scripture. It's an unwillingness either intentionally or ignorantly to be faithful to God's word. That's it. That's the problem. The progressive preacher who who teaches that the Bible is some old book written by racist men influenced by their culture and we can throw out all the parts we don't like and that God made us perfect and wonderful exactly the way we are even and especially if we're some kind of sexual deviant has exactly the same problem as the spineless conservative pastor who avoids conflict in the name of unity, avoids preaching the harsh parts of the Bible, uh, and cowardly submits to tyranny because we have to be a good witness. Unfaithfulness to Scripture. Unfaithfulness to the entirety of Scripture. Even the parts they don't like. That's the real problem here. We cannot create faithful churches by being unfaithful to the word of the Lord who is the head of the church. It cannot happen. Many of these churches would be better off empty and abandoned because that's exactly what they're giving to their members. Empty theology and abandonment instead of love and truth and salvation. We twist even the meaning of of words like love, truth, and salvation to fit our own cultural appetites instead of what is plainly written in the Bible. 
What we do in our culture is we respect our pastors in our churches because they wear a suit and they stand behind a fancy box instead of the word of the Lord who they are supposed to be preaching. We honor churches because they've been around 100 years, or we honor them because uh, some of its members have been around for 100 years. (laughs) Uh, Instead of the much older tradition of honoring God, which was first around since Adam drew his first breath. We honor seminaries because of how tall their buildings are or how many students they push through their curriculum or what they claim their mission is instead of the mission that they are actually verifiably working out in the world. Do you know how many people uh, go to seminary and how many churches are actually uh, not faithful churches? How many churches are declining instead of growing? How many churches are faithfully preaching the word? I don't think it's very many. So are our seminaries really doing a good job? (laughs) That is what we should be looking at. We should be honoring the God who established the church instead of seminaries because they're big or they have a lot of students. We defend, oh boy, popular pastors and speakers uh, who have huge churches of thousands or even ten thousands, even the ones that we call conservative. I'm not talking about Joel Osteen, Kenneth Copeland kind of folks. Forget them. I'm talking about people like Tim Keller, Craig Groeschel, Matt Chandler, uh, and all the rest of those kinds of folks. I'm talking about them. We honor people like them who have massive churches and have written stacks of books because they they can't just publish something that's not true, right? I mean, if that many people go to their churches, they have to be saying the right stuff, right? Plus, that one time, I read one of their books and it made me feel good. So how dare you use biblical evidence to say that these wonderful godly men have a problem? Do you see my sarcasm? We shouldn't be honoring these people. We should be honoring the truth that they are not speaking. And and some of what they speak is truth, but, but not all of it. And all of these people, I think, the ones that I mentioned, speak enough untruth to be labeled false teachers. Uh, do your own research. In order to have a faithful church, Faithful to the word of God, we need to read and understand the word of God. That's the solution. That's how we fix this problem. I'm not just complaining about problems. I'm offering you a solution. Here's the solution. We need to read and understand the word of God better than we do. Not just you, but your family and everyone else, everyone in your church. You need to read the word of God and you need to understand it. All of it. Not just verses taken out of context. You need to compare everything to the Bible. Check it. Test it. We can't, for example, understand verses like 1 Corinthians 1.10 without reading on to 1 Corinthians 5.11. Look it up. If you are cut, your blood should bleed with the word of God. Charles Spurgeon said in a a sermon that I read recently, 
Many of you have dust enough on your Bibles to write the word damnation with your finger. My Bible accumulates dust sometimes, and this is something that I could do better with. And I bet you can too. And you should, and I should, and we all should. Many of us don't have the power to change our church. You know, maybe we're not in positions of leadership in our church, or we don't have enough influence, or we haven't been there long enough. And sometimes the solution, if you believe you're in an unfaithful church, is just to find a different one. Uh, But if that's not an option, or you just happen to be at a church uh, that is the, the best one in your area, and you just had to compromise on some things, which is okay, uh, you can still do things to change ultimately everything. First, it needs to start with you. You need to be being faithful, even if uh, the church you go to isn't completely faithful. And what else you can do is influence your family, your wife, your husband, your children, You can change them. You can change yourself and you can change them. And then from there, you can maybe change your neighbors or your neighborhood or your community. And then maybe eventually your church. We shouldn't put our faith in our churches to change our culture. We should be putting our faith in Jesus to change our culture. And if we did put our faith in Jesus to change our culture, we would be reading his word. And if we did that, then our churches would be changing our culture. Hopefully that gave you some things to think about. God bless. I'll catch you on the next episode.